Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to Baddies Mean Business. Today, we have a very special, actually two very special baddies to introduce to both of you all. They are the co-founders of Girl in the Gov. Girl in the Gov is a multifaceted digital media company built around flipping the world of politics on its head. As seen on Teen Vogue, Politics New York, So She Slays, Podcast Movement, and more, the Girl in the Gov educates young people on politics today while connecting them with one another and their community through podcasting, bespoke events, and having active digital channels. Welcome, Sam and Maddie. Thanks for having us. What an intro. Thanks for the intro. Loving it. Of course. Everything that we have ever admired about you guys. This is really exciting for us too, but go ahead and introduce both of y'all from your own words. Ooh, Maddie, you want to go first? (sighs) (laughs) My name is Maddie. I am co-host and co-CEO along with- Correction, it's Madison Blue, by the way. Whoa. Whoa. We were talking about this a little bit before. (laughs) Yeah, we- Whoa, really threw me off there, Samantha. My name is Maddie. Don't come for me with my, until my mother calls, calls me. But I'm host, co-CEO of Girl on the Gov and Girl on the Gov, the podcast. And I live in California. I grew up in California in the Bay Area and never, ever thought I'd have a podcast. But here we are and never thought I'd be on an entrepreneurial pursuit. But I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more. But always since college, knew I wanted to work in politics and social impact and such. That's definitely been a constant for me, but it's been an interesting journey and just going after building this brand with my my partner here, Samantha, Samantha Cantor. So much love, so much love in this room. I love it. (laughs) The girls are fighting, aka over names, which is a classic for the two of us. Cameras on, cameras, cameras are on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Got the footage, guys. But I'm mm-hmm. Sam, Sammy, Samantha, whatever. I'm the blonde one of the duo girl on the gov. And I'm the East Coast one as well. So Maddie's taking the West Coast by storm. I'm taking the East Coast by storm or by not storm. I don't know what the opposite of that phrase is. But nonetheless, my backstory is really I majored in government in college, was always interested in it, kind of was curious about that path and went another direction post-grad and ended up in PR in the design world. And then found my way back to politics and founding Girl on the Gov and trying to solve for essentially a market hole. And I think I always wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I never knew what it was going to be. I knew through some testing, if you will, of some really bad ideas that it just would happen when it would happen. And that's what happened with Girl on the Gov. You just, you always have to try. And I think that's my advice without even being asked is just always give it a shot. But yeah, I'm trying to think of what else to say. What do, should I give like a fun fact, like a favorite color? Yeah, I'm give so a bad fact. Give a what fun is, fact. Why not? <laughs> or Riley? You have an idea? What is like something that like not everybody yeah knows about you guys that you may not always talk about, but is totally Ooh. okay to share publicly? <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a bloody nose before in my life or a cavity. <laughs> Proud of that no. one. No. I also like haven't had a cavity. Very subtle flex. Now. See? <laughs> yeah. Both pretty Very niche. Cool. Fun facts. I. But you yeah. did have to have your finger stitched back on. I had my finger cut off. I think the fact that you oh didn't my. start it off with that one was pretty. Yeah, my name <laughs> is Maddie, and my finger that should was be your fell off. Oh Everything's fine. She's back on. She's there, and she's functioning. So, thank you for your concern, everyone. Sammy, what about you? What's your oh god one thing? You know what I need. Mean? I need to do it. I need to pull out my never have I ever list because I literally have a list because this That's is actually so smart I because I can never think of stuff. Spill the amazing. tea. It's mm-hmm. honestly, I always struggle and I'm so competitive. So I'm like, I got to start writing them down. And it all started because I was on this train ride out to the Hamptons with one of my friends. And if you've ever been on a train to the Hamptons, you're basically packed in like sardines. It's ridiculous. And you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do to make this like less miserable? And you're standing, it's just whatever. And so I was like looking out the window, trying to concentrate, not make awkward eye contact with anyone. And so I kept going by things and I was trying to observe things. I was like, oh wait, never have I ever been here. Never, ever done this, whatever. And so that's where it all started. 
let's see. Oh, I've never broken a bone. Oh, that's a good there's one. that. Um, you guys I've never owned a bop it. The fact what? that that's on my list, I've never owned a bop it. I was never gifted <laughs> that as a child. And... That couldn't be more niche. That's extremely niche. Extremely, extremely niche. That's probably relatable for me because I have not. Had... Like... <laughs> either, either. Well, either. you guys are missing out on the bop it. Those things are the best. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm gonna go check Amazon right after this and maybe order no. one. Yeah, do they even sell it anymore? I don't know. I thought yeah, they were just I don't know. I don't know. Like the song. They're probably on eBay. Same with Wii. The Wii. I am a Wii stand, but they don't sell them anymore. And so you can really? only get yeah, you can only get them like that. on eBay or somewhere used. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. Oh, okay. I think we know what time it is, Kenzie. We do. Okay. It's if time for that jump us off. Obviously. So I guess for starters, we should have one of our lovely guests go. So Maddie, do you want to take it away? So you're going to do your favorite of the week and your intention for the week. Favorite is the vanilla pumpkin candle from Trader Joe's. I am like not a huge like autumn decor gal, but my roommate is. And so she went hard at Trader Joe's bought a bunch of shit and the one thing like she came back with that i'm obsessed with is these she got like 10 of these candles and they just smell so <laughs> delicious and just really give you the fall vibes that you need i will also say one other thing i fully got influenced and i bought the Haley bieber lip treatment and i mm-hmm. highly suggest it and that has just been a favorite for me and it's been one of my most favorite purchases lately as far as an intention I think my intention lately has to be, has been to be mindful, just like across the board in life, like from eating to the activities I do to just everything I do, just trying to be mindful because sometimes I just get lazy and I act mindless and just like want to just unplug and turn my mind off. But like being mindful has been a nice little tweak in my life that has been helpful and making me more productive and just feel better. And Yeah. That's a really good Amazing. one. And it's so funny you were brought up like Haley Beaver because this last weekend or week was the Forbes 30 Under 30 conference. And I went with my mm-hmm. boss and she was one oh. of the speakers. Oh my God, you and were there? She, yeah. Oh she was one of the speakers and she is probably like the most gentle, like nice person like in real life. Yeah. And I feel like that really reflects in her YouTube channel. And mm-hmm. so Definitely. I'm obsessed with her. Super sweet. I love her. Love too. her. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting. I could totally see that. I watched the Call Her Daddy interview. And like, I like Hailey Bieber, but I'm not like a, a diehard. Like Maddie, I feel like it's like a diehard fan. I'm just like neutrally positive, if that makes any sense. And definitely same, watching yeah. that interview too, like the, right? Like it's like the way she like speaks and the way she, like you can tell she really thinks about what she's saying and she like takes mm-hmm. the time to like process it. Granted, she's in the position where she really has to think about what she's saying like a thousand yeah. percent. But I do agree. Like, I feel like there's this gentle delivery for anything she's saying. Like, could be saying, like, a serious thing, but somehow it's still, like, very, I don't know. And she's a big voting advocate. And she's just been killing it (laughs) with making sure everyone's getting ready to vote for this election, which is we we can't stand anymore when our queens do that. Amazing. Yes. What is it that you say, friends who... Friends don't let friends miss elections. Exactly. That had to be dropped at least once during this episode. We have merch that says that. Go check it out. (gasps) Socialgoods.com. That's my intention is to make sure that friends Mm, don't let friends miss elections. That's the intention of the week and the month. And I'll see y'all at the polls November 8th. Yes. That's a great intention. So yeah, group chats open. Honestly, even you know, parties. maybe all parties. Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard. I, heard, I listened to your latest it. episode. I listened to your latest episode, and I heard about your party that you were throwing for your friends, and I thought that was a fantastic idea. Thank you, everyone. Throw a voting party for your friends. Wine, cheese, ballots. Do it. Now, do you inspire me? Because I also have a bunch of like makeup, skincare favorites. So. This past week, I spent a lot of money at Sephora. Um, mm. Mom and dad, if you're listening, Classic. don't yell at me. Thanks, even though I'm literally 22 and I buy my own stuff. But I went on the hype of there's everybody's been saying on TikTok that there's like the holy trinity of skincare. It's like Caudalie, 
however you pronounce it, and Sunday Riley's. Is that what you say? Is that what it is? I don't know. And then another one. I can't remember that one. But anyways, the first two, I bought two or three products from them. So specifically, the Caudalie, it's like the Vino Perfect. It's to help with dark spots and acne scars and all of this good stuff. And then I got a vitamin C serum as well. So a whole bundle of favorites this week. But specifically Mm. that one Caudalie product, amazing. Chef's kiss. Literally been using it for a couple days and already, already notice a difference in like my acne scars and stuff they just look less my skin just looks less dull and i don't know it doesn't really make any sense but from like skincare i'm like okay yeah, yeah it's doing what the description said it was doing and i like it so for my intention i've been <laughs> trying to be really ground not grounded that's the wrong word so basically i've been really getting back into yoga and moving my body so i'd say like my primary like intention would be just like movement and trying to stay mm-hmm. active, but not in the go workout sense, but just like always moving my body because yeah. it's so associated with mental health and just like energy level and everything of that sort. And I've just been noticing how better and how much more relaxed and less stressed and just more energized that I've been in the past few weeks, just because I've been consistently going to yoga and like maybe my body, whatever. And so I think just the concept of movement is definitely my intention. Just like translating that into the fall when seasons can be like a little bit harder to Mm -hmm. keep your body moving. I think just like trying to intentionalize that this week and then weeks to follow, but specifically this one, just because I'm going to be traveling next week and things are coming up. And so that's definitely on the highlight of my what I'm trying to be intentional with <laughs> in this period. She's actually coming to visit me. So I'm really excited about that as well. This is true. Uh, <laughs> I know it's going up. It's going up. I'm so excited, but yeah. I'll get through mine pretty quickly. So my favorite of this week is actually House of Dragons. And so I don't know who watches that. Me. I'm obsessed. Amazing. Daddy Damon. Damon, I'm saying. <laughs> Not to like, you give up the clues but i'm just saying rhaenyra and damon been waiting for that it's um, the only why time am I so into the insect ancestral incest. um yeah the incest it's just terrible mm, it's a whole it's a whole thing yeah. you, hey, like, you'll what? get it when you watch it <laughs> you you no judgment <laughs> don't ask if you know you know okay. the statutory incest from the first episodes you just sounds mm-hmm. problematic right. wait till you watch yeah. It's how they maintain. There is, I cannot remember which candidate it is, but there is a candidate out there that was like, oh, incest isn't that bad. So maybe he's watching. Like, let's make sure we keep the lines between digital and reality just so we can understand that. As for my intention for this week, though, I'm getting rid of my subscriptions because I actually have a lot of outstanding subscriptions. So hashtag true bill, hashtag mint. Thank you. I just didn't realize it. And there's just like those little things you do the free trial and it automatically bills you afterwards. And so. Wait, me too. I actually just went through that this morning because I was canceling one of my credit cards because I hate it. And they were supposed to lock my card and they like months ago. And then I realized that it was still charging me for like subscription charges because apparently those don't stop even though you cancel your card. And I'm like, are you joking? Like, my card is wiped. Why is it still charging me? So I ended up having to, like, go through all the ones that were on, like, my old credit card and change it to my new one. And I ended up not canceling any of them because classic me, just keep buying things. But had to switch all of my subscriptions over. It's just, it's, and I was, like, thinking about that. I was like, it's crazy how we just get caught up in all of these subscriptions. Mm -hmm. Such a, it's a relatively new model, right? I feel like it's Mm -hmm. a new thing. They totally like the business people. No, they know that's going to oh, happen. Yeah. And they're like, this is like the amount of that we can account for from people forgetting the fact that they are using our services. Yeah. And there's no. like a, so, so Truebill does subscription. It's like a subscription to remove your subscriptions. It's quite extraordinary. To yeah, me. I've seen that. Yeah, I'm I've, like, I've tried to use that before. What? Incredible. The whole thing <laughs> I, I think is like so interesting though. That's why some of the subscriptions are like priced pretty like it seems reasonably like if it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's only $10 a month because it seems like not that much, whatever. But then when you forget about it and then it's what, $120 a year and then they're banking on how many people times 120 to bring that in, the person, people aren't even using the product. And when they no, notify the- you that they're raising the price, it's in an email that you never read. Like, why would you read mm-hmm. like Spotify's newest like email blast that is 
you think is spam, but it's actually them telling you they're raising the price. You just don't. There's all of that too. It's just all so sneaky. So I'd love to hear people's best practices and how they manage this. Cause I know this is like an ongoing issue for many people and the business sense in me is okay. Who's solving this and who's solving it. But let's go ahead and get into the questions that we were planning yes, on asking yes, you, yes. which is talking about you guys and what you do with Girl on the Gov. So just talk about a little bit more about Girl on the Gov, what inspired you guys to start it, and whether or not you guys dreamt about being president one day, or was this just something that happened more recently? Oh, wow. The dream about president. I've, I don't think we've ever been asked that either. I've never right? had that dream, and I still don't. No. Yeah. But, no, same here. Yeah. I think I was trying to get those gray hairs. Yeah, no. Honestly, gray hairs are so chic. So, like, I'm here for it. The wrinkles, the wrinkles. Out of, like, being chic, not because I'm so stressed about, like, the nuclear codes. You know, it's, like, (laughs) a different type of, like, vibe. But in terms of what I, like, wanted to be as, like, a little kid and the idea of being president, I don't think I put two and two together. But I always wanted to do something with impact. I definitely always knew that. I had no idea where that was going to lead me. But I don't think president was ever, like, the thing for me. I was like, uh, uh, let me evaluate other choices. Mm-hmm. 100%. I still feel the same way. Like, even if I ran for office, I don't think, I know, I know, I would not be running for president. And it's not because of a scenario of, oh, I couldn't do it, any of that. It's just, like, general, like, interest and like where you can actually make the most impact like i would rather run for a senate or congress or a state position but that's like a whole can of worms to the side in terms of growing the gov and starting it and how it was all inspired it really was like a few different things that happened obviously 2016 is a big impetus for oh my god what the hell is happening in this country but 2018 was that sort of that second step because it was that okay can we put a check on what happened in 2016 and those midterm elections, I was having a lot of conversations with my friends and a lot of them were not registered to vote or they were, but they weren't planning on voting. And those conversations evolved into me asking questions. Okay, why is that the case? What is the thing that's stopping you? What's that barrier to entry? And so many of them said that they just didn't know where to start. They had no understanding of our electoral system, of the candidates. It just felt really overwhelming and intimidating to them. And I took that into like my good old noggin over here. And at the same time was thinking about my own experience in the political world and trying to stay civically engaged after graduating and especially being not in the political field. Like how did I, how was I going to keep doing that to some degree? And every time I would try and get involved, I just never really found the right fit in terms of an organization. A lot of them just, they weren't oriented towards young people. They were oriented to people that were like 50 plus or had grandkids. And I was like, I appreciate this existing, but I can't relate. So I really had to pair both of those together. Okay, I've got this issue. I want to get involved. I want to be more civically engaged still, no matter what. And I'm not finding the right place to do that. My friends aren't getting civically engaged, but could create a lot of change if they were. How do we solve that? And so I was like, okay, let's put the PR brain like right on this. And what I came up with was events. I was like, let's meet people where they are. Let's solve for it directly. Let's make it as easy as possible. And take a little bit of the work out of that. So those events really did that. If you're working you're nine to seven o'clock and then you're going to a Pilates class after, let's bring the politics to the Pilates class. Let's bring it to the rooftop bar. So it became that sort of scenario of like, how can we solve this where the people already are? Let's not duplicate the work that we're doing. And therefore let's rebrand politics. Let's change the game. Let's change the conversation. And also let's break down those barriers of making it intimidating and also taboo to talk about because that was another thing that I found, Maddie's found too in conversations of it's just hasn't been the thing that's been like, okay, to talk about. It's always controversial. It's one of the three things you're not supposed to bring up on a date, which is like a thing I could say to I'm blue in the face, but it's just true. And so we're trying to change that so that it is that conversation you're having with friends, no matter what the issue is or you know what the timing is. Like politics should be a part of your vernacular. And so that was really the origin story for the whole company itself, but it honestly would not be where it is today or where it's going if I hadn't met Maddie, which is a Instagram meet cute during the pandemic when, you know, the company was a mere events company just getting its beta phase started and basically, obviously we had to stop doing events during the pandemic. 
And I was following people on social, trying to do the classic follow for a follow and came across Maddie's profile, called, she followed me back, DM'd me and was like, hey, want to start a podcast? And the rest is history from there, which is pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, super, super wild. Again, didn't ever see this for myself. Like Sam did have the kind of entrepreneurial like spirit in her and always wanted to do that. But for me, like, again, I've worked in politics. I worked on political campaigns and then was, yeah, just came across Girl in the Gov. And it was a mission that I had always felt was also needed. And so it just resonated with me so much. And I always had this weird pipe dream though about like podcasts. I didn't ever think I would execute it, but it just was so interesting because it was at a time during the pandemic. I wasn't sure what my next like career move was going to be and mixing this mission with something that I also was like curious about, which was podcasting, which is the perfect thing to explore in a pandemic. It just all meshed together. And now we're over two years in and over a hundred episodes in, and it's just been a whole journey, but it's worked out. And we always talk about how crazy that is. Cause we're just like, literally we're two strangers met on Instagram, which like sounds like, like call MTV catfish because it just sounds like one of those situations <laughs> that you should steer away from, but it's really worked out. And it just, we always talk about how it's such a motivator for us too, that just the, I guess just kind of serendipity of our meet cute was is like such a motivator because we're like that just didn't happen for no reason i love that so much for one being audacious enough to just be like hey let's do the podcast let's start a company i think that the thing i noticed in that made me so interested in girl in the gov was for one because i've lost friends before because we weren't able to have conversations around politics it was just not something that was like we could have decent conversations and have like general understanding. And I thought, I always thought that that's something that I feel like it was obtainable to was because you guys have this incredible dynamic. Rather than politics and business being separated, you found a way to integrate it together and have it be more of a collaborative parallel that others can just like, it's for you guys, like you saw that as an opportunity for me. I also had like a similar sense of, I wanted to impact something. I thought entrepreneurship was a great way to do it. Now I found venture capital as another way as well. That was something that always inspired me about your guys' story is like taking something that is, which could be the theme of this episode, unsexy and Mm -hmm. making it more approachable and even beautiful. So, yeah, I ditto to everything that Riley said. And I also just want to say thank you for creating this space for people to feel empowered and encouraged to even though they might not know where to start when it comes to politics to just like hop on the ride and follow the journey and just take that action for themselves and for our country I think even growing up like Riley and I both we've like Riley said lost friends or just have had experiences where like we grew up in a really small town and so our perspective of growing up and learning about politics at a young age was like at least for me not really a big deal like a big thing like I feel like my senior year of high school was the first time I really explored like what the senate meant and all these just like factors of democracy and we were like what you're throwing at like throwing me at or throwing this at me really early and I just like didn't really know where to start and so yeah then coming out of high school and being like a freshman in college and not really knowing a thing or two about politics, being like, this is, I shouldn't be knowing about this. I get a vote in two years or no, I'm voting now. I'm 18. Like I'm about to vote and be eligible to vote. Like, why is this not more proactive? And so I think it's just mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. And Riley said too, like, we were so inspired through you two and seeing something that might not be very sexy and might not be very fun to talk about. And running with it is amazing and also i just appreciate how you two are so easy to talk to like having this conversation with you and not feeling an ounce of judgment or anything about where people are in their journey with politics or anything in their life is just like really amazing and to have that as like also a foundation of a business is amazing because people can feel comfortable and related even though no matter where they are in their journey and i think that's amazing 
Thank you. That is such like a, yeah, it's the real foundation of why we want to do this. And we've been in political spaces where we haven't felt welcome and we have felt intimidated and like, we want to crush all of that. And there's so many different ways that we're trying to rebrand politics from just like how to consume the information, how to make it easier, just like from definitions, but also that actual kind of like social cultural side of it. That's push so many people out um, so there's just like tons of ways it needs to the space needs to evolve and welcome people in and so we're just slowly chipping away at that mm-hmm. but thank you for all that yeah and like to add to i think what part of the appeal is and part of the thing that's so key to us is like we're still learning like we don't know everything mm-hmm. in politics i don't think yeah. we ever will i think we'll have a job for a million years because we're still always discovering something and have more conversations in the political space to always have we're learning just as much as people listening to the podcast or following along are. Every interview that we have with our guests, it's like we walk away and we're like, oh my God, wait, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh my God, we have so many fun facts from that. Or mm-hmm. wow, can't believe we just learned that. Super cool. Can't wait to apply that in conversation or where else. And I think that's really part of what we wanted to do from the jump. And I think when I started the company itself is like an events company. Like part of my brain was like, I don't want to be the front facing person of this because I don't know everything. And I don't think that felt right. Like I wanted the mission rebranding it and making those conversations and creating those spaces for conversations, but maybe me not in it. And then I think the beautiful part about Maddie and I meeting is it was like the two of us could come together and both be like, no, we're going to do this. And we're going to ask the quote unquote stupid questions that aren't stupid questions. We are Mm -hmm. comfortable being the people that don't know everything and constantly learning and evolving and like being held accountable. And I think that's something that's so needed in the space of being like, yeah, it's okay not to know everything. Just as it's, I think the thing it needs to be is like, as long as you're putting yourself in a spot where you're excited to learn about something, or maybe it's not excited, but like open-minded to learning Mm -hmm. about a new topic. And I think that's really been a part of our bread and butter. And I hope it continues to be. Yeah, diving into that discomfort. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think you guys are doing an incredible job of it because one of my favorite parts about what you do is that you do reports and do the hot topics, the the tea of what's going on in the political (laughs) world. And for me, it's like listening to that is something that I I am able to absorb a lot easier than, say, like watching CNN or Fox or the typically like news outlets, which is totally fine. But I was curious about your guys's like the response to what you were doing from the community that you have built and maybe what was surprising about the folks that you have met along the way. The response has been amazing. And it's been like one of the most rewarding parts I would say is just hearing from people of how helpful it's been, how they feel so prepared to vote this year, like finally are like excited and prepared to vote, which is like, always exciting like hearing people like oh i registered to vote and it's like we've always said from the very beginning we're like if we even just help one person register to vote like we're gonna be so fulfilled by what we're doing and so there's that of just hearing from people's actually like people actually like taking those steps to be civically engaged and then from people reaching out or commenting and being like i have been looking for this i have been needing this thank you like all of that has been super rewarding and like really reassuring too that we're on the right path. This is needed. And like, this is a huge market hole we are filling. And there's just a wide range of responses that like are super exciting to us. I would say like for surprising, I don't know if you have anything, but I think it's just been weirdly surprising in a way that like, there's so many people who have felt like us and like that be it trying to work in the political space to trying to like get to know your ballot or just trying to get civically engaged. Like, obviously we assumed everyone felt this way, but I guess the surprising part has been that people really do want this. Cause sometimes I even like get worried that people don't really care at all. And it's the things that they do. And like, the problem is that they like don't know how to enter the space and they don't know how to learn or where to start. But Cause yeah, I always just in the back of my mind had this anxiety because I hear some of my friends like complain about how they don't know how to get started and makes me feel like they don't really want to or don't care enough. But like that is just going to be farther from the truth. People really care, but it's just been so hard for them 
to enter this space and have needed something like what we're doing. So the responses have been really amazing and rewarding. Yeah, I'd have to second that. I would say, I'm trying to think of like surprising. I think we're like oftentimes like the situation of, what is the phrase that I'm looking for? This is going to drive me nuts. It's not like happily surprised, but it's something along those lines. But I think we happily surprise some of the establishment sometimes. And I, we are not like a proxy of the establishment, Dems, Republicans, whatever. But more so like whenever we've engaged with that part of the political space, and I'm thinking of a few interviews in particular where coming on our show, I think to them was a little bit of a risk or deciding to go in front of the youth vote, which to us is like a duh, like that should be the most important priority, whatever. But like to them, that's not been the voter base that's turned out for them or secured their job, whatever. I think the response from them being like so happily surprised with how the essentially the product, the podcast, the conversations turned out and how they've been able to reach that youth market and then get those people involved in their campaigns or those issues has been like really surprising for them and therefore almost surprising to us that like it's a surprise to them. It's, it seems so obvious to us, but I guess it's not, which is why it's working. But but something that I recently saw, um, listened to a lecture or seminar or keynote, keynote, that's what it is, by Barack Obama. I mean, regardless of where you stand politically, it, something that stuck out in what he said was that his, what he's most excited about is the youth and our ability to sympathize with others and understand that our differences are not a weakness, but it is a leverage point especially like with the U.S. and our intermix of different cultures, we have the ability to access all different types of perspectives. And so something I really wanted to shine a light on was the ability to have conversations and have them safely and not feel attacked or threatened, but feel like you can get something new out of it, regardless of where your point of view is. So being able to share conversation and being comfortable about talking about politics without it mm -hmm. being a, a topic that makes you nervous or, yeah. or just scared to talk about because you're fearful that others who do not agree with you will judge you for it. And so totally. or judge the way of how much or judge whether yeah. or not what you know is true, like that entire right. concept. I think it that's one of those things that is nuanced because it's going to depend on every situation. What is your knowledge of the person you're having a conversation with like level of politics, what's the goal of the conversation, right? Is the goal of the conversation to dissect an issue? Is it to talk about a news story? Is it to talk about registering to vote and where their what their voter plan is? There's a lot of different variables that could happen in those conversations. But I think if it's trying to get a gauge on where someone's at or what the temperature of the room is with the conversation, I think start with questions, right? Like you control where that conversation goes if you are the one asking questions and then therefore getting an idea of where their response is. So that could be the question of, wait, there's an election coming up. Are you registered to vote? Or what, what's your voting plan? And being a little, not even oblivious, is, I don't know what that word is. Why am I struggling with that? Like a little aloof about it and just see what their response is. Like I think you, it's like a product test. It's the same thing. You need to test people's reaction first and then gauge it from there. So I think always go in with questions. Yeah. And that's the temperature gauge first and foremost. Yeah. And I think that's like also just a good point too, to even just, we always talk about a good way to bring it up with your friends. It's like a great topic that's pretty neutral, not too scary is like voting and be like voter registration, voter information that's bipartisan. That shouldn't be like the taboo, toxic version of politics. I think most people are scared of because it is that type of topic. It's, we talk about how on a date, you don't talk about sex or money, religion, politics, whatever it is. And so, Unless because it's one of, of us. <laughs> yeah. um, no topic censored. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's just always been that topic of conversation. And it's like, that's what's been unfortunate about it too. And it goes back to what I mentioned earlier about the like kind of social and cultural side of politics that has intimidated everyone for so long and pushed people away and prevented people from having those types of conversations with their friends. And so it's just important to like 
try to break those barriers. And that's, I mentioned it on our episode yesterday about the voting party and just like even having something like that, where it's like fun and friendly and it, you get to like collectively with your friends and your circle and the people in your life do this really amazing thing together, which is vote and make it fun. And it's, I think could be a good way to break the ice of like how to bring up politics with your friends. And then hopefully moving forward, it's something you guys can like talk about or did you see this article? Did you see this candidate? And it can hopefully grow from there, but it just starts with breaking the ice and it can be scary. But I think like Sam said, like asking just like questions. And then I think also if you want a topic to use to break the ice, like voting, I think is a perfect place to start. Yeah. And one other like suggestion on that is always having a lead. So I honestly always recommend the same thing for networking and also for going on a date. It's like walking into a space or having a pre-thought of relevant like little story that's like just happened. So look at like the news, like right before you're like, say you're meeting up with a friend or you're going on a date or whatever. Look at what the news just popped up. What notifications you just get on your phone? Oh my God, did you see XYZ thing happen? And just, you can see their reaction that way. So that's another way to do it without it also involving yourself personally. So especially if you're really not sure you have like an iffy feeling on where the conversation is going to go, like it might not be like where you want it to go. That's a way to at least keep yourself removed, get the temperature before you can figure out what your next steps are, whether that's a a larger plan of how you're going to approach a specific friendship, relationship, et cetera. it's giving you a little bit of space removed, which I think is always smart. I think that's a really smart thing way. To I add love too. Yeah, just in, sure. as far as like when you do get into some of those political conversations that can get a little maybe heated, maybe emotional. I think like a really and it, you went back to talking about being afraid of not maybe knowing what you're talking about or not having like the facts on deck to back it up. That can be a scary thing for people to that prevent people from actually having political conversations of being like, I don't want to be wrong or someone to like prove me wrong or for it to get heated or whatever it is. I think it's really always okay to be like, Oh, you know what? I like, don't know the answer to that. Why don't we like go do, go look it up and then we can talk about it another time or, or, Hey, I know this podcast where they had a guest on that like explains it really well. And like, she's actually like doing the work on the ground and you should go listen to her and uplift like the people who are doing the work and who are explaining it well, because sometimes I'm like, I think it's okay to also be like, honestly, like I can't explain this issue and and do it justice. Like here's this podcast I just listened to that explains it really well. Like kind of, you can divert people to resources and you don't have to be the one that like knows everything or has this like whole repertoire of like political arguments on deck. I don't think anyone needs to worry about that. And it's okay to be like, let's step away and here's a podcast I just listened to. It was great. And like, it's uplifting a voice of somebody who's doing amazing work on this issue and it can help you understand it better. Like it's okay to not be the one that knows all of the answers. So I think that's also like a good tip when you're afraid of not knowing everything. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's amazing. Those are incredible tips because I think it it resonates with me personally as well. It's just because there's a lot of information to intake and to expect yourself to know it all automatically. It just is, it's not realistic. And so mm-hmm. if anything, it's nice to be able to leverage your colleagues and friends knowledge to your advantage in a comfortable way, just because you just never know what like they may be reading or you're reading, but like the ability to share it with each other can, I feel like definitely strengthen our ability as like voters to just like, have a grander scope into what is really truly happening politically and in our government so yeah yeah i think it goes a lot into with perspective and like having those open open conversations so then you can gain more like for me i like hearing no matter what my opinion is on whatever political social whatever economical i want to hear other people's perspective because sometimes it's yes you've heard it from various sources or done the research but sometimes other people see other things too and so having that and so i think conversations are great but it is really nice to know those little tips and tricks because even as someone who like doesn't like to talk about or not necessarily i like to talk about politics but i get really intimidated when people don't Mm -hmm. and when i don't know if 
like how I go about it is the best way to go about it. And so I think the ideas of bringing up those really neutral topics or like conversations that don't because sometimes those are like the last things you think if you're like oh no if I if we want to talk about politics we should talk about the juicy stuff or things that are most relevant yeah. when sometimes it's just are you registered to vote and that can be like a total icebreaker yeah. so that's really awesome and I really appreciate those tips for myself and for our listeners I was just gonna add is like there's those like smaller topics like more locally or state that I feel like for me like so someone who may feel a little bit more external from it but really isn't is i'm focusing on what the media is covering the most and so sometimes it, it does mm. take more effort and digging to yeah. really find what's gonna hit home literally for me as like a, mm, that's a really good point. day i was just gonna say on this note what we've obviously been talking about like tips and tricks and ways to go about it but are there specific resources or things that you mentioned maddie youtube or you mentioned like various platforms but are there like specific just tools that you give your listeners in terms of actual resources that you like to just plug really quick yeah. that are maybe non-biased or things like that just to give that open perspective of knowledge coming from yeah sources that aren't really manipulative if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. There's actually an app that we always suggest that I think everyone can benefit from. It's called Ground News. And it actually is an app where like, it'll take every article from the New York Post to CNN to Fox or all the kind of big publications. We'll put every article pretty out there about almost everything. And it'll put a scale on like where that publication and where that article lies from like liberal to conservative bias. And I think that's a really good tool to use just so you can understand what perspective that piece of news is coming from. And just so you can like look at it through that lens, be like, okay, like super a little bit more conservative. Let me read through this, like with that lens and knowing that it has some bias in it. I think that's a really good thing to suggest. And like, I su I've suggested it to my very conservative uncles and hopefully they use it. I don't, I doubt it, but it's, I think that's a good thing to use for yourself. But even if it's, if you are having trouble with family members or people in your life that like you don't agree with, and you may be worried about their, they're not getting the right information. I think it's just a great resource for people to use, to consume your news and to where to go to, to read articles and such. But we also talk about social media these days and how a lot of our generation is getting their information from social media, which I think can be great, but it also has its downfalls and it's hard sometimes to search through the noise and figure out what resources to really trust, especially on social media. And so we always talk about like on Instagram, because of the way the platform is set up, you usually only see the people you follow, right? Follow resources that you genuinely trust and you push out good information. Um, on TikTok, it's a little bit different. It's become a really honestly great news source. Like you can get really bite-sized, like fun news recaps, which is great. But because of the way that platform is set up, like you're fed people's content who you've never seen before. So you don't fully know the validity of their content and what they push out there. And so I think you need to be a little bit more careful about what you consume on TikTok just because you don't always know that the people on your for you page are valid or coming from the right place or getting the right resources. So just always like double check things. I think again, like on Instagram, since you're getting information from people you already follow, you can see their sources and know that they source their information first of all, or that they link to it or whatever it is. But on TikTok, if you hear, if you see something or hear something, maybe sparks a certain emotion in you, take a deep breath, take a second, take a step back and go do a quick little Google search and just make sure that information is correct and like go from there. But there is just, there's a lot of amazing resources out there. And we always talk about that too. And we're constantly on our Instagram. We have on our girl in the gut Instagram, pushing out action items and resources that people can use and look to, to understand these very complex issues. And then our podcast, we talk with experts every single week about different issues people need to know about. We ask stupid questions 
that we all feel like we have, even though they are absolutely not stupid in any way. So there's tons of resources out there and um, places to start because that's always the question we get. Like, where do people start? Where do I start? So, yeah. Amazing. Those are great little tips. I really like this. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. And I, uh, about the specific app that existed and I was able to give like exactly the level and giving the people the capability to question. And yeah, I think that was really good advice to follow up as well is that misinformation is definitely a huge issue. And as a generation, it is really good practice to be able to like double check it and it's okay to double check it. And you, it's important to double check it because Mm -hmm. like, yeah, check yourself. And it's like, sometimes it's hard in the moment to not get caught up in stuff, but like, we are so used to instant gratification us us young folk. And I think that makes us feel like we need news. that's like bite-sized and immediate, but we need to make sure that we're also holding ourselves accountable and like doing that extra like due diligence to make sure like we're fully equipped with the correct information and can then base opinions and emotions on a certain issue on accurate information. And so it's just always try to like, take your time, take a breath, take a step back and do your little research. I think that's just really important for our generation to tweak about ourselves. It's also (laughs) just like not a competition. And like, just because you knew about a new story five minutes before someone else, like no one's giving you a trophy for that. Like, you know, it, but I think with the instant gratification culture that we're in, we feel that way. Like I definitely feel that way sometimes of being like, Oh, I should be the first to know, or, Oh my God, like I got the jump on this. But like, at the end of the day, like, doesn't matter like it's better to do it right and to know the right information and the correct factually based information than to be the first person to be like oh my god did you see this crazy headline it's just no one's going to give you a trophy or reward for it so it's just like, not worth it and we always say use like the rule of three especially if it's a story that has like an emotional component to you or it's sparking something literally google the topic and read at least three articles on that topic look at the different biases look at see if what facts line up is there something that doesn't line up is there a reason that one of the publications isn't covering it or not and i think some of those questions are actually answered by ground news because not only do they show you the spectrum of like where it falls is it liberal leaning is it conservative far right whatever it also gives you factuality and it shares who is funding that particular news source Right. So it shares who the Washington Post is funded by. It shares who the New York Times, like all of that information, which obviously goes into what type of bias a certain publication may have, I think is really important for people to be aware of every time they're going to read something in that particular publication, but also for particular stories, because there's going to be a story in the Washington Post that's going to have a lot more of a bias towards its owners than, say, the Boston Globe. So it's just something to keep in mind. But the rule of three, I think, is a safe bet in terms of particular for stories that are of emotional worth and honestly, ones that aren't too. It's a solid thing to go with. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a good combination. It's not a bad thing to be emotional, but it's like something that you should intermix with logic as well. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's okay to be an emotional person, but it's to be, totally. just be able to check yourself and it's like, just have a broader knowledge of it all. That's incredible also with with news and everything this is especially a local news thing but like the old phrase is if it bleeds it leads and sometimes that goes into how someone makes a headline it's the same way like if you look at daily mail articles like going off the political spectrum just into like gossip like half of those headlines you it's just absolutely out of its mind oh my god yeah what in the world happened and then you read the article and it's nothing actually happened it's just a sensational headline that is total BS. And so it's totally okay to have an emotional reaction to something. A thousand percent. Like some of these things are life and death. Some of these things are Mm -hmm. going to create an emotional response and you deserve to feel your emotions any which way. It's more just, okay, is that based off of facts or is that based off of sensational headline? Let's just do the due diligence and see what's happening behind the headline. It's me thinking about, so the way I think about it is somebody wrote that headline. They wrote it for a reason. They wrote it to have that exact reaction, but it would be more dangerous, I feel like, to not be emotional, but, but like emotion is, I think, the reason why people provoke action 
And so it's like that is that to me is that's just being mindful of that. And I love what you guys are promoting right now. Is like you recognize it. Yeah, and feel I think the emotion is huge. It. The yes. emotion part is also a very key part of being civically engaged and being a part of any activism or any change. Like we need people to get emotional about this type of stuff because mm -hmm. it, it. How are you not supposed to like? How do you not get emotional about some of these things? absolutely but make sure like it's coming from a place of accuracy obviously because there are so many times where like, someone's video on tiktok pop pops up and they're spewing something and it's holy shit is that real did that happen that person say that and then maybe it did happen but it's missing like a lot of context or it's just not an accurate portrayal of like, what actually happened or what was said or whatever so it's just always important to like yeah especially when emotion pops up then like just to double check that like your emotion is valid in that particular case and then move forward from there amazing i and think it's like passion yeah i think it's just yeah i was just passion. thinking of like passion versus like perspective or like how they go neck or hand in hand like you mm -hmm. you have to have passion you have to have emotion behind these responses because that's how people act on things that's how you take action totally emotion exactly. and whether or not you choose to like fully bring that into it obviously like they've always people always say people are too emotional about things in politics and like emotions need to be set aside then how do we solve anything if there is an emotion because if there's no empathy or if there's no response to this makes me feel unsettled and like i obviously feel weird about this then how would you mm -hmm. even react to it? So I think just it's the ongoing, like, just conversation of the fact that you need it. You need the emotion, no matter how much people say that you don't need the emotion, because emotion is politics. Yeah. It's just having that line between where you, okay, let that feeling come in or have that emotion, but then also go fact check that emotion or fact check, fact check what you what made you emo like emotionally response to that. So if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that's amazing. And it's a really good thing to remember when you see a really like gut wrenching headline or you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to see that or, okay, but why don't I want to yeah. see that? Let me go figure this out. What's actually going on. So we really appreciate you having you guys on just to close this out. November 8th is coming. Confirming it is November 8th. Yes. Yes. The elections are coming. And so what could you share with our listeners on how they can get ready to vote? Yes, it is. First of all, biggest thing to know is that it's different per state. So make sure when you go to get your voter information and voting plan that is accurate to your state, because again, it is so different. So even the advice we give can't be blanket across the country because it's so different like california for example like we all get automatically our ballots sent in the mail to our house we get to vote by mail some states literally mm -hmm. don't even give you the option to vote by mail so it's so different but i think biggest thing is check your registration deadlines are coming up or maybe some have even passed by now so definitely make sure your registration is checked and ready to go and so that you're don't show up on election day and they're like oh your registration is incorrect or you're not registered anymore or whatever it is. So definitely make that your first step. You can actually go to girlonthegov.com slash vote. And we have a check registration portal there where you can check it. You can also register to vote on that same page. So check registration, make a voting plan. So there are also a lot of great resources that help you like create your voting plan depending on your state. So definitely check some of that out. We can share some stuff with you guys to link or whatever and get to know your ballot because it's really important to vote up and down the ballot. I think that's something, especially in midterms, but like always needs to be like remembered that there are election, super crucial elections happening in your city, in your town, in your county, at your state level, at the congressional level, at the Senate level, and at, it just keeps going up. So make sure you are ready to go. There are also a lot of kind of more obscure races that I think people need to know about. We have some great episodes actually that highlight some of these positions like attorneys general, especially looking at issues like 
reproductive freedom, your attorney general actually really matters in protecting reproductive freedom in your state. So if you go to one of our episodes, you can learn all about that. The other thing is secretary of state. We have have this unprecedented threat to our democracy right now where there are people running for secretaries of state, which is the position that oversees elections and like ensures and protects our elections. People are running for those seats across the country right now who are 2020 election deniers and who think that there is widespread voter fraud when there's not. And it's just super dangerous time right now that people really need to be paying attention to some of these kind of more obscure, not always highlighted races. So again, our attorneys general, secretaries of state, but then even down to like school board. And there's just so many really important races. So make sure do that due diligence. It is, I think my new thing too, that I always want to highlight it is work. And like my ballot, I just opened my ballot today. It's four to five pages and it's work. And it's like, I'm not trying to sugar. I don't want to sugarcoat it and be like, yeah, it's super easy to vote. It's super easy to get ready to vote. But when you get there, like it's really important issues. It's life or death, death in a lot of ways. And so it's going to take work. It's going to take some research. And so just be ready for that, but take pride in it and do the work because it's so important. But yeah, Sam, I don't know all of your tips. I would say one note too. It's like with these like quote unquote obscure races, like they feel obscure because they haven't gotten the media attention in the past, which is like a real tragedy. And it's something that we're trying yeah. to change because that is what so much of this intimidation is around. It's there's so many of these positions people don't know about and don't know how powerful they are, especially at the state level and the local level. We saw with COVID how much people didn't know about these positions, what powers they held. And so part of our work is really trying to change that and pull back the layers of the onion and show what these roles do so that we can all be familiar with them and they don't become obscure in terms of media coverage. They become the front, the headline of everything. Yeah. Everyone knows what these races, what these positions are about and therefore can hold their elected officials in these positions accountable. So super important to become familiar with all these different races, but also specifically these positions. So. I would say that just is like one note to that. The other resource that I just want to plug really quickly is vote411.org. This tool is amazing. It's my favorite thing because I love like a little match survey type vibe. And this tool is super easy to use. You can match your state with a particular voting FAQ topic, et cetera. So say you're in Alabama and you want to know what your poll hours are, you can use the tool to go Alabama and click poll hours, hit apply, and it'll pop out the answer to that question. All of those classic cues. Can I get an absentee ballot? What's the deadline? You can do a little combo with the state that you live in and that particular question and get all of your voter information there. You can also get information on your ballot so you can get familiar with it ahead of time. So that is my recommendation in terms of there. And then last but not least, if you are planning on voting at the polls, one, not only check your location because sometimes it's changed year to year. So even if you're like, oh, I totally always vote at St. Anthony's, be St. Anthony's anymore. So check that first and also check the directions. Like how long is it going to take you to mm -hmm. walk there, run there? I don't know, get on a tricycle and get there. However you transport yourself there, whatever it is, just check the time in which it takes. Logistics I do want to also, well, just like matter, it's so key. Two tools that I also want to plug that just popped into mind with that top of mind is New York and SF have two tools that I love and they are a check on how long the lines are at the polls. So I don't know if other cities have this. I'm searching around trying to find them. So if I find any others, I will let you guys know. New York and SF do have this. So you can put in your voting location. You can check as to like how long the line is, what's the the traffic like at that location, people down the street, or is it quiet AF and you're gonna be in and out in two minutes. So it's a nice like plan before you go situation day of, keep it in mind, especially if you're well, you have time on that day. So those are two more tools. Maddie definitely has one because I'm seeing that finger raised. Yeah, I know. It's just <laughs> like they always come to me. Post thoughts. Also, vote by mail if if you have the option. I really, especially if you're a busy gal, vote by mail. It's super easy again, but it depends on your state. The other thing is early voting is a thing. So you can go and early vote, which means like shorter lines. You have in more options states. in certain states. 
more options on like the actual days you can go vote. So sometimes you get like a few weeks where you can actually head to the polls and go take your time and vote versus like on election day when usually lines are long or whatever it is. So again, just really check on what your options are in your state so that you can pick the best option for you. And again, get those logistics in order and everything because that's a big part of that voting plan you need to do. And also it's bring a cheat sheet or whatever you need to do. You can bring notes, like just get, get prepared and get ready and also make your priority list of what really matters to you and accordingly. And if you have any questions at all, our DMs are like wide, wide open for anyone with voting questions, you guys can totally slide in and we are very responsive. So let us know. Incredible. Um, Thank you guys so much for sharing all these resources. (laughs) Thanks. Um, We would like to make we would like to make the description for this episode a little resource guide for you all. So we will link everything that has been mentioned yes. in the description. So yes. No worries at all about writing each and everything down. We got you. But thank you both so much for joining us on Baddies yes. Mean Business. And we will see you all next Wednesday. Thank, thank you for you having Maddie. us. Thank you. <laughs>